Unitarian Universalist ministers don't get some of the cool stuff (laughs) that other traditions may have. So, what is brown and sticky? A gumball. Brown? What is brown? (laughs) Annunciation is important to jokes. I said I would help us learn how to tell jokes today. What is brown and sticky? A stick! Yes! Oh... We are going to talk about balance today. And I spent um, the last couple of weeks looking at the videos of Philippe Petit and others who, he's Philippe Philippe Petit is a circus juggler, tightrope walker, who was the first back in the 70s to string rope across the world trade towers and walk it. And then there was a movie that was made recently. I haven't seen it yet. Has anyone seen The Walk? So it's in color. All the pictures, all the documentation of Philip Petit walking uh, high above New York City like this are black and white. And what the movie does, it brings it to life in this, you know, the way movies are, full color, sound, uh, 3D. And I wanted to know why, for balance, why do tight wire walkers carry a stick? And there are physics involved, obviously. There are two things that Philippe Petit talks about for keeping your balance in such a treacherous place that he chose. He chose this treacherous place which I think on some level we all choose our treacherous places. We marry, we have children, we take jobs, we move. And um, he said you have to keep moving. So there's something about momentum in keeping your balance, which is why the reading about change matters because movement is about always changing and acknowledging that we will always be... So that's why yoga is so hard. When you stop and try to keep your balance, you've stopped. And that's harder than walking, even though you are on one foot much of the time that you're walking. And what the stick does is it makes you a triangle. So it changes the weight. So there are physics involved in what it means to keep moving forward. And this allows you to keep your balance even though on some level when you look at it and you look at the pictures of him they're on the cover of our order of service I changed what picture was up here you can see it just it looks unwieldy he had to step out onto this thin wire hundreds of feet above the skyline in New York City carrying this big stick but the stick was his friend because it creates really you become an inverse triangle which changes the physics, oh, you you who are physics and engineers can explain it better than I can. 
but the metaphor I'm looking for is in keeping your balance, you have to hold on to something that seems extreme and has extremes, but will help you keep your balance and help you keep centered. And we tend to run out to our extremes and um, being too busy, being, well, we'll talk later about all the ways we are perhaps out of balance and what we do to come back into balance. I'm not going to carry this the whole sermon. (laughs) (laughs) But I am going to use, um, I want, I have felt out of balance and increasingly am aware, I've talked about this before from the pulpit, about how much free-floating anxiety is out in our lives And I would call that free-floating anxiety out of balance. Um, And every single religious tradition talks about balance or uses other words like centering, coming to the middle, the middle path. And who I looked up, I got interested in... um, Who first started talking about being out of balance as being stress? And this takes us back to physics because stress is a term from physics having to do with materials. But we use it so much now that I just assumed it came from biology or evolution or psychology. And no, not at all. It was Esther Sternberg who pointed me to the scientist Hans Selye, and he was a physiologist who borrowed the word stress from the physicists and used it in the biological sense. We use it now. And he was an endocrinologist, and he was looking for all the invisible ways that being out of balance shows up, all the ways our body responds to, and he couldn't find the right word. And there have been words throughout history to describe stress, and they all tend to lean toward the physical understanding of the body, of humors and neuroses. Um, but he's the one that named stress and said, it's really, it's about hormones. So Esther Sternberg is the one who we now take for granted that all these hormones racing through us, the stress hormones, are what, A, alert us that things in our environment, in our personal lives, may be getting out of balance. And as we all know, stress isn't necessarily bad without this stress response. Without hormones racing through you, you wouldn't run off in the face of danger. But if we are bombarded by things that are saying daily, danger, danger, beware, take action, look out, things are falling apart, this is terrible, then our stress hormones are on overdrive, and we are increasingly stressed out. And I realized for me this week was an incredibly stressful week just because of news and other things, and I I changed our service because because I needed to. I needed something different. I needed something healing, 
something that was not stressful. So a string walks into a bar with a few friends. And the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve strings here. So the string walked away, sat down at a table, and had an idea. And tied himself up, messed up his hair, and walked back to the bar and said, I'd like a drink. And the bartender, I'm sorry, we don't serve strings here. I'm not a string, I'm, a, I'm a afraid not. <laughs> Maybe the most famous symbol, ancient symbol of balance is the yin-yang. Ancient Chinese. As I've said, every civilization is looking for ways to talk about balance, lack of balance, and the lovely thing about the yin-yang symbol is, A, it has this organic curve in it, and yin-yang, if you don't know, means dark light, night, day, sunlight, and in the middle of each of the sides is a little piece of the opposite, just to remind us, A, how complicated we are, and that we all contain the other side, that part of our, the dark side that we may be running from, even though we're good. Or, or how about we think about that little dot in the middle, so in the dark side is a white dot. What if we also think of that white dot as within whatever is stressing you is the potential for humor? And a solution, a way out, a way to the other side. I think what stress sometimes does is shuts us down and makes us think in either or black and white alcoholic system thinking. And what the yin-yang does is says, oh, there is no straight line in our lives. Uh-uh, it's all a curve. And it's a moving symbol in one that's static, one about keeping moving forward. Our um, Christian tradition, out of which we grow, talks about balance in terms of centering. And there's a whole tradition from, so after Jesus died and Judaism was, oh my, out of balance, trying to figure out what it means when your leader is killed, trying to figure out what, what to do next. Over the next hundred years, there was a group who went out to the desert. They're revered as desert mothers, desert fathers. It was a monastic tradition. And out of their tradition has grown a whole series of centering prayers. And a centering prayer is merely words, not merely. Hmm. A centering prayer is, looks merely, but a powerful way to center yourself, to prepare yourself for next. So centering prayer is considered preparation for the next set of, of work or of even prayers of whatever you need to do. So 
I've passed out some sheets. They're long and blue. And I put on there one of our readings from our hymnal that I thought, this strikes me as we don't have a tradition of talking about a centering prayer, but this works for me in that way. So I I give it to you. And we'll uh, work a little more with what I've handed out. But I wanted to I consider humor. I know many people are now getting their news from all the fabulous comedians. But that's the only way to take the bitterness is to hear the truth that is in the humor. I was drawn and drew us into community organizing one big reason, and that is their description of what a leader is, and community organizing isn't about the big honcho leader, but finding the leader within everyone, and they say, you cannot be a leader without a sense of humor. So think about the people in your lives who are passionate for a, a um, an unjust part of the world, and that's all they talk about, and they are so deadly serious. My Facebook feed is full of them. And if they can't laugh at themselves or laugh at what might be funny within how we deal with those injustices, then they won't be a good leader. So I think for all of us, and I expect all of us, we are all leaders that our humor is essential. So what I'd like for us to consider is in order to be in balance, you have to know what it feels like to be out of balance. And the image I want, I will pick the stick back up, so the image I want for you to think of when you're out of balance is that you've dropped your stick. What does it feel like when you have dropped your stick and things are out of balance? And balance is hard to talk about because it's not a place and time. There, as I was talking to the kids, there's balance within a meal, and then there may be balance within a decade of your life. You may have to devote part of your life as a caregiver and feel like you're giving up things and have to take the long view of, okay, I'm not going to be doing this always, but also you have to find within that long view, how can I balance myself today? So one of the questions I have for you, and I'm going to ask you to think about it for a minute and shout it out, is how do you know when you are out of balance? What does it feel like in your body or your mind or your I get forgetful. I was really grieving Friday, and I was, I I drove to 91st (laughs) so that I could make the big loop to come down Sheridan when I'd forgotten it was open both ways. Just a small thing to let me know I need to, I need to pick up my stick. So what, what do you, how do you know you've dropped your stick? Hold on. Anger? I obsess. Obsess. Oh. 
my friend. What'd you say, Lottie? Oh, she eats. You fall. I do too. Yes, Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is amazing how literal being out of balance in other ways. Anxiety. Get critical of yourself, of others. Both, yeah. Spoken like a psychologist. Yes. <laughs> Detach from myself. Oh. And what, what uh, can you say a little bit more about detaching from yourself? Don't notice, aren't aware of others or yourself. Uh huh. When she wants to run away and there's no place to run to. That's familiar. What'd you say, bored? Bored. Ooh. The youth and I were talking about bored this morning. I'm going to pick on Claudia and then hear it again. Bad temper, short with other people. Oh, listless, no joy. Ooh, the, I hadn't thought of listless as being no joy, but that is uh, a good description of listless. Resentful. Okay. <laughs> Double points for Kathy for not only naming it but making us laugh. She said makes a to-do list for Jim, <laughs> her husband. Um, <laughs> well, I, I um, as I knew you would be, you are very self-aware of what it means to be out of balance, although I find it catches me off guard all the time, too. I think I'm handling things really well, and then I'm short or listless or eat too much or uh, whatever, whatever addiction. I think addiction is about not fitting into the world. Anyway, there was a church I knew of that had um, just bought some paint for painting, and they bought really good, expensive paint. And the person who was going to do the painting said, you know, I'll volunteer my time, I'll help. Dipped his brush into that paint and realized, oh, wow, this is really fine, thick. It's going to cover well. It's only going to take one coat. That's so much easier. And you know what? My house needs painting. They might not notice if I just took two gallons and thinned the rest of them and then did the painting, they'll never notice. So that's what he did. Took, took the paint, thinned it, painted his house, and painted the church. What a noble, noble person. Until it rained. And the paint washed off. And he saw it wash off his house, and he ran to the church, terrified. He falls on his knees and loudly prays 
for the universe's forgiveness for this terrible thing he's done. The clouds part, and a deep voice calls down, My son, you are forgiven. But repaint and... And thin no more. (laughs) A tribe of cannibals decided they'd had it with Western ways. They revert to their old habits and eat all the Lutheran teachers, all the Unitarian Universalist ministers, the church's priests, and the evangelical missionaries. And then, just like a miracle, the entire tribe had an ecumenical movement. Forgive me for being earthy. (laughs) So what do you do to pick up your stick? What are all of the creative ways in the moment? Can be a split-second way to rebalance yourself? Or maybe it's over a long term. What do you do to pick your stick back up and refine balance? What? Take a nap! Man after my heart. Keep breathing that's good go out to the woods woods. (laughs) start on Kathy's list says Jim (laughs) we can see how this yin yang stress centering works there come sing on Wednesday singing can I make a pitch for the choir if you need centering, singing is about breathing, making sense. And they have a good time. I hear them. Oh, my. Smile. Just a smile will change that physiology. Isn't that interesting? Go play with your dogs or pet or pet smart. Walk. Go for a walk. <laughs> Eat something. Eat something. So now that's tricky about balance, right? So there are things that we do. When, when does eating something put you out of balance? And when does it put you back in balance? And that's the complexity of the topic that sounds simple, but it's, it's not easy. When is one drink a smart thing? And when is one drink the start of a terrible road? It's not an easy answer, Uh, although I will say something we haven't said, but I say it from here all the time, that part of balance and part of knowing that fine discernment has to happen in community. And part of it can be a church community, and we were talking with the youth again about part of it can be in counseling and 12-step programs. You have to be accountable and, and in relationship with others. So... Now that we've gotten earthy, what is brown and sticky? 
stick. So may, may you find humor as one of your tools in your tool pocket for, for finding balance. May you find balance in your day, in the rest of your day, in your week, in our time together. And may we share with each other what we do to find balance. Because I find other people have ideas I've never thought of. May it be so.